Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. In this segment, we'll be speaking with Dr. Jessica Shepard. She's joining us here to talk about the increases in influenza activity and how the annual flu vaccine is the best way to protect against the flu. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Dr. Shepard, thank you for taking the time this morning. Thank you for having me. Well, tell our listeners a bit about yourself and what is it that interested you most about the flu? Well, I think, you know, when we get to this season, you start to see more and more people coming into the office with these symptoms. So it really is important as a physician to understand the symptoms of the flu, but also being able to guide your patients with the best practices and tips and also maybe even being preventative. So is this something that that you were interested in when you first got into into, uh, medicine? Well, I think any type of medicine you go into actually... Really, there are some kind of areas in medicine that everyone is exposed to. So whether you're dermatology, whether you're pediatrics, uh, whether you're cardiology, there are certain things that, you know, whatever field you're in, you can't escape. And this happens to be one of them because it really impacts everybody. So what are some of the trends that you've been noticing as far as the cold and flu season in your practice? Well, I will say that this year and even the CDC really made you know, a statement about it is that, you know, for the two years and two plus years rather that we had with the pandemic, one, we really had a decrease in how we interacted with, you know, other people in our families, with society. We really kind of stayed at home. And what you saw during that time frame was although we were being bombarded by COVID, we did start to see a decrease in flu. But now as we're you know, pretty much at the tail end, if not the end of the pandemic, is that flu season specifically this year uh, really seems to be back on the rise. So, for example, you know, when we think of flu season, it really does start as early as October and goes all the way to April. Now, the numbers as far as how people peak and what we'll see in the increase in incidence of flu cases usually is, you know, maybe latter November. What we saw this year was uh, some increased numbers of flu much earlier than we've seen in past years. And so, again, I think that comes to now we're kind of back in the open. We're interacting with more people. We don't wear masks as much. And so we're starting to see those flu numbers increase again. You talked about being at the tail end or hopefully the end of this pandemic. The pandemic really shed a light on on lots of things as far as uh, inequities in health care, as far as a lot of fear, mistrust sometimes uh, of the medical community. When it comes to the, the cold and flu season and the tail end of this pandemic, there are lots of questions about the vaccines, not just for the flu, but how they may interact with other vaccines, not just the COVID vaccine. What do people need to know about the vaccines for this year in particular? Are they vastly different from in years past? No, you know, one thing that we have had in specifically when it comes to the flu is we have this vaccine lockdown. And when I say that, I mean, we've done this for so many years as far as flu and decreasing the numbers of one, severity of when someone still does get flu and also admissions to ICU and death. And so, you know, we really have the science of the vaccine for the flu uh, 
really well. We we know what we're doing in that instance. Now, the difference this year is that we now want people to still get one boosters for COVID, but also still getting their flu shot. So there may be some hesitancy in people thinking, you know, do I do I have too many vaccines? You know, do they interact? And the answer is no, there, there's no interaction. You know, you can even actually get the booster for COVID and flu at the same time. Um, but really, they are different uh, diseases in the sense of different viruses. And so having protection against both is, is ultimately where you would want to be because they're both respiratory vi- uh, viruses. You really want the best bet in order not to have severity of cases. You know, you can still get COVID. Um, and then also with flu, as we're starting to see these numbers increase, we really still want to think in ways to be preventative and decreasing our risk of any severe outcomes or complications from the flu. Tell us a bit about the different types of vaccines. Are there more than two types of vaccine? And do people get the vaccines based on the severity of the flu or whether or not they have it? Now, when we think of COVID vaccine, we still, you know, have the the ones that we've had since they've been developed in 2021. And those are the ones that are still on the market. Now, with flu, they do know what we say pretty much like a season ahead. Now, how we, we do that is kind of a little bit of geography. So Australia, you know, their their seasons are opposite to us and they usually get their flu peaks before we do. And that's how we're able to kind of have a heads up on typically what strain, um, how to develop the, the flu vaccine or make the changes that need to be made in order to have the sufficient amount and also using that information from their flu season to know how to, to get the flu vaccine done for, for this side of the world, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what we've been doing for, for years and that enables us to really have the best way to protect against the flu. And then also knowing the dip, the different types of flu strains that might be on the rise. What are some of the tips and tricks that you'd like to share with our listeners to stay healthy and, and then give us some of your medicine cabinet must-haves? Absolutely. I think what I've learned over the last few years or decade in my life specifically is, is working with patients, but also in my own life, is that we have the best ways to give our immune system the best tools and things that we can do every day in our life in order to have it strong for when we do get exposed to diseases. So some of those tips would include having a healthy eating habit. You know, our cells and being able to mount a response to a virus really is something that we can give to our bodies in order to have the best things. And that would be hydrating ourselves, making sure we have a healthy diet. And even doing things such as exercising really creates our bodies to mount that defense when we need it. And definitely getting the vaccine. If there's anything that I could say, you know, specifically for our time together is to really get the vaccine, get it early in the season and make it something that is a part of routine when you get to this part of the year, um, because it really can interrupt, you know, the holiday season or specifically if you go to other people's homes when you're visiting is not giving them (laughs) the flu or a cold um, or even COVID. So we still have that responsibility, that social responsibility to keep ourselves healthy, but also uh, our environment and our friends and family. Now, what I do specifically, and even today, I, I do have a little bit of a cold, but this 
kind of is like real world. Like, what do I do? I make sure I stay hydrated. Now, in my cabinet, you know, for my family, we actually had, you know, the, the cold flu around the same time. I use Theraflu, uh, flu release max strength. That's something that I've always had in my cabinet. Um, one, because it has different types of products. So whether that's through tablets, whether that's through a liquid form, um, it or r- whether you can put it in your hot water and mix. Um, I think that those are really easy ways to have something that has a variety of ways that you can take it. Uh, taking it in the AM and the PM, so kind of splitting up the ability to meet the need of where you are in the day and decreasing those symptoms that you have. And also, you know, it's over-the-counter, but it also has a fever-fighting formula. So it has acetaminophen in there, and that really helps up to 1,000 milligrams of acetaminophen, which is what we use in the hospital to really decrease our fevers for up to six hours. Now, you mentioned taking it in the, in the day and at night. Are there two different types of Theraflu, uh, flu relief, max strength, or does uh, one size uh, address all the symptoms day or night? Well, they have two separate formulas, day and night, which is very, very smart, I would say, because, you know, at night when you're having some of these symptoms, you don't want it to keep you up uh, from getting a good night's rest. Rest and recovery is very important when you have uh, the flu. So two different formulas because the one for nighttime obviously is is something that's really going to help you get the rest that you need in the daytime, being able to function and not falling asleep throughout the day. Well, was everyone in the family able to use Theraflu uh, during that time? Well, Theraflu really is for adults. So my husband and I were able to use it and feel better. Um, And, you know, it's nice to be able to have the parents, you know, feel better so they can take care of the kids. So again, for adults, and we were able to use the different modalities of having it dissolve in hot water and also the tablets and the liquid form. Give us a website where our listeners can get more information about Theraflu. Well, getting information and where to get it, it is over the counter. But for more information, go to www.theraflu.com. And that's T-H-E-R-A-F-L-U.com, correct? Yes, it is. Dr. Shepard, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for lending us some of your time here this morning on Health Professional Radio. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Jessica Shepard. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at Anchor, Spotify, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio. Thank you.